Pros is a healthy hair regimen with your name all over it. Take your free in-depth hair quiz and get 15% off your first order today. Go to pros.com slash AMR. Dipsy is an audio app full of short, sexy stories. If you're looking to heat things up, there's a story waiting for you. Get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash AMR. Welcome to another Mother Runner. This is Sarah Bowen Shea. I'm joined in studio by Molly Williams. Hello, Molly. Hey, Sarah. So nice to see you. It's been forever. It has been. This not being running buddies really cuts into our social I know. Bang. Maybe you'll slow down and walk with me someday. <laughs> she laughs because she doesn't really want to. <laughs> Maybe you'll get old someday, Sarah. <laughs> Hey, I have a, a groin pull that That's counts true. for something, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah, is is it bad that I'm keeping my fingers crossed that it's more than just that? <laughs> I got my little Sarah doll at home and I like pull on her hip. Right. <laughs> I knew it. I yeah, knew it. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I haven't run in a week. Um, yeah, didn't. Well, I, t- I take it back. I ran on Monday. Um, we're recording this on a Sunday, which is unusual. It's mm-hmm. because our guests can only make it today. Um, I'll, I'll divulge who she is later. But um, so I ran on Monday and I was in agony. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I have not seen a professional, but um, I think it was due to seven hours of pickleball and 11 miles of running oh, in one you, weekend. You think? Uh, it you, may you be. Think. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> but then you did go out and play pickleball today. Uh, I played for two hours today and an hour yeah. 15 So yesterday. you're not exactly ready for, you know, yeah. the nursing home or the wheelchair <laughs> just, just yet. No. I'm not. I'm not. But it is... Um, yeah. So, and but you didn't self combust not running for a week, did you? <laughs> I did not. No. Oh. Um. I find the older I get, the easier it is mm-hmm. to not run. Yeah. 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 So, um. But it's, I'm sure it's cutting into my found change total for the month. Yeah, I'm sure it is. <laughs> and um, you know, and also it's starting to be a beautiful time of year here in Portland. Oh, it is. This is spring. Yeah, things are starting to bloom. I saw your what's it called? Edwardian? Uh, um, Edgeworthia. Edgeworthia. Yeah. Uh, funny little plant. Beautiful fragrance. Oh, and, so, and yes. so pretty. Yeah, it is. It's funny, though. Um, the plants that sometimes put out flowers, but don't have leaves this time of year. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I find that intriguing. And um, a lot of um, Oh my gosh, I'm forgetting the name of those ones that are kind of upside down that look all old fashioned-y. Um, oh, the hellebore? Yes. Oh, uh, yeah. Hellebore. I love hellebores. Very and... Victorian looking, aren't they? Oh, I'm glad I'm not the only yeah. one who thinks that. I don't Dark. Know. Yeah. Yes. Why do I think that? Because you can see them in a, in a ghost bonnet. <laughs> like that would be, or what they'd be carrying because they're, they're, they're gray. And <laughs> they are. And the, the dark maroon mm-hmm. or the kind of pale, almost yeah. greenish white with a little bit of... I, I can see why they appeal to you. Yeah, (laughs) No, but they're great. And they also grow in the shade, which is nice. Yes. Yes. So there's a lot of those to look Mm -hmm. at. So I have um, occasionally taken Augie, our French bulldog around for um, a very slow walk. And so I Mm -hmm. look at those and um, some daffodils. I cut some daffodils from our yard today. Hard to believe, isn't it? I know. The Daphne's blooming. The Daphne's blooming. Yep. But I do miss running with you so much. I miss running with you so much. I get up in the morning and I see the sun coming up and yeah, I Mm -hmm. miss that. But Mm -hmm. you know, I'm, I'm limping around, um, and I'm doing better, but honestly, I, it, I can walk two or three miles, but then I am done. 
Um, mm. my hip hurts, everything hurts. Mm. Um, I got a cortisone shot not too long ago, which is everything is a little bit better, but I, I like could have so much time on my feet and then everything hurts. Well, it's, t- I mean, you're a veterinarian, so I mean, you are not a yeah, disc jockey. So. No. And sometimes I get home and I just have to get myself in a position where I don't hurt so much, but it, it's get It's getting better. I'm doing the physical therapy. I'm mm. able to ride my bike longer. I've got a brace. that's really helping. I'm looking mm-hmm. forward to the spring and doing more. Um, well, maybe not more than I did last summer, but maybe doing it in a way that at least I know that I'm not hurting myself anymore. I'm signed up for a knee replacement. I don't yeah. know if I told you, you that. You did tell me next January, yeah? Yeah, because Kaiser's booked out because of COVID, which actually works out fine for me. But, um, mm. you know, I got, I got that on the horizon. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what's the date of that surgery? I, it's not... It's, it's not just on January. The, yeah, okay. it's not on the calendar. They're like, yeah, you're probably 11 months out, and I'll just try to push it out to January because... Um, I have some disability insurance that will kick in then. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, so I'll just try mm-hmm. to make that happen. Mm. So, so then who knows? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you've heard from a couple women yeah, in our community. Who are running. Yes. Uh-huh. I know. Yeah. So the surgeons out there are going, cow, <laughs> Well, but see, the thing is, is you just don't listen to the surgeons like me after my, They're, you know, all yeah, my pins. All in the place. surgeons put your fingers in your ears right now. <laughs> Because they, you know, so fractured my ankle for people who don't know in 2015, fractured mm-hmm. four places, got pins and rods or a plate and rods um, on both sides of my right ankle. And, you know, the surgeon afterwards told me, you know, might never run yeah. again. Da, 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 da. Well, I was still under the effect of the anesthesia. So I have no memory of that conversation. Mm-hmm. But there were two doctors and my husband in the room. So they thought I heard. And it wasn't till afterwards that the doctor was like, wow, you made a miraculous recovery. I, you know, when I told you, I'm like, what do you mean when you told me? He's like, oh, you know, after the surgery. And I'm like, oh, I don't remember that conversation. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, like. Yeah, yeah, you never know. And look at you now. It's not your ankle that's bothering you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's your groin pull. (laughs) 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 Who knows how you did that? Oh my goodness. Yeah. Oh, and then the court was wet yesterday and, and there were a lot of people slipping and I just finally was like, okay guys, I'm going to leave while I'm having a good time. And before I pull my groin, even worse mm-hmm. doing that. Cause oh man, sometimes running, I have slipped on some black ice and mm-hmm. oh, the, oh, so yeah, 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 yeah. So, well, it is lovely to have you back. You, it has been far too long since you've been a co-host Molly. Well, I don't run. I don't have much to contribute anymore. <laughs> yes, you do. Yes, you do. <laughs> Talk about Netflix. <laughs> oh, my goodness. TikTok. You... <laughs> don't get on TikTok. <laughs> Did you watch much of the Olympics? Uh, yeah, some, you know, it's, I, I watch it while I'm, you know, sitting there with my husband. I don't, I, I have a hard time paying attention to that stuff. Did you? Oh, um, we watched all the ice skating mm-hmm. and, um, yeah, a lot of the stuff. Oh my gosh. So many of those, um, flip in the air things, you know, mm-hmm. the, 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 with the skis, I find that particularly like, uh, I just can't tell one thing from another. Yeah. So it, uh, it all just looks yeah, yeah amazing and hard. And yeah, I don't know. Yeah. 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 I um I think you know this about me. I worked at Thrasher magazine a million years ago. Thrasher, the um, skateboard magazine. Did yeah. You know yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I was the copy editor, and so I was supposed to, you know, see if they misspelled something or had, you know, improper grammar or whatever. That was one day a week. And I remember at one point they said, "Oh, you you need to learn all of the tricks, how to identify them." Not not I didn't have to learn how 
do them, uh-huh. but I had, they wanted me to learn how to identify them visually. Cool. So that when I looked at a picture, I'd be like, oh no, that's a half Ollie grind with a da da da. And I just thought, yeah, it's time to get a new job because I'm not going to be able to do that. <laughs> they didn't have the Duolingo for uh, skateboard yeah. tricks, huh? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Pulling it back to Duolingo. Yes. I just, as I just told you, Molly, today is uh, day 50 of my um, Spanish-speaking Duolingo streak. So, Hola. Uh, I am loving it. I am just loving it. And That's it, great. And it's such a fun little system. And it I don't know, I really feel like it's making some new neurons firing. Well, I'm going to Mexico at the end of um, April, as I just told you. So I think I'm going to get on that and, you know, learn a few things. Compl- oh, I mean, so in 50 days, I have learned so much more. And it's particularly aimed at tourists. Mm-hmm. Because I kept on being like, why do I have to learn how to say without salt? And I'm like, oh, I get it. Like if I'm ordering a, ordering a margarita. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, you know, I want to pay the bill. or No ice. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't learned that. Where is the pharmacy? <laughs> <laughs> right. Exactly. You learn, definitely learn very early on. You learn ticket, train, you know, uh, uh-huh. suitcase, all that oh. stuff. Totally going to get on that and yeah. do it. Yeah. And it's because I got the time. Uh, <laughs> and it's just really fun. And it's, oh, and then we can follow each other. Oh. Yeah. So then you can give kudos. I'm, there's definitely a couple mother runners um, who we've connected because I've mentioned on Twitter a couple times that I'm doing oh. Duolingo. And so it's just fun. Like, Is you know, Duolingo a sponsor? Uh, no, it's not. Not yet. <laughs> <laughs> I've thought about it though. <laughs> That'd be so awkward yeah. if it was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's not. It's not. I just really enjoy Duolingo. Uh-huh. And it's, you know, it's how John, my son, started learning Japanese. I know. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. And so he's on day, th- I'm going to brag about John. He's on day 378 of his Japanese streak that's on great. Duolingo. Yeah. And yeah. he's already fluent in Spanish and yeah. now Japanese. Uh-huh. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. He's a smarty. He's a smarty. Oh, you, all your kids are really smart. <laughs> oh, you're so first. smart you're and first. so cute. Oh, well, it's true. Oh, yeah. thanks. Yeah. And it, I I won't overshare too much, but as I told you, John went on a date yesterday with a gal who searched him out. Oh, um, yeah. 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 yeah I, I saw her picture. Yeah, I know. I told yeah. him today that I said, oh, she's cute. And he, she's so and he, cute. And he looked at me and he goes, Oh, you looked her up. And I go, oh, uh-huh, yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm no dummy. <laughs> <laughs> he also though said she is very good at making conversation. Oh, good. And he said, you know, like she starts the conversation. I said, well, John, you're really good at making conversation. He goes, only with people who are good at conversation. Otherwise, I don't try too hard. Um, and I said, oh, then you must not, not talk to too many teenagers. <laughs> and he goes, yeah, a lot of them just can't talk all that well. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's got you for a mom, so he knows a good conversation. <laughs> oh, you're yeah. very sweet. You're very sweet. Ah. All right. Well, uh, today we are going to be welcoming back a longtime friend of the pod, professional runner and mom of two, Stephanie Bruce. This is her third time as a guest. You were co-host last time she was on. Um, Stephanie has finished in the top 15 of four Abbott World Marathon major races, most recently with a 10th place finish at the New York City Marathon last November. At the 2019 Chicago Marathon, Steph was the second American in her personal best marathon time of 227.47. Wow. Um, So we invited Stephanie on this month, American Heart Month, in part to talk about her recently diagnosed heart condition that has prompted her to announce her retirement um, for the end of 2022. Molly and I look forward to talking with Stephanie again after this break. Be sure to stay with us. Frustrated by wavy hair that had a mind of its own, I spent a lot of my life wishing I had straight hair. Thanks to pros, I've learned I just needed to find the right hair care products to be happy with my hair. 
Pros makes custom hair care that's effective because it's personal. Using natural ingredients with proven results, Pros customizes every product in your hair care routine. Pros starts off by asking about you as a person with their in-depth consultation, asking layup questions like where your hair lands on the oily-dry spectrum, but also some unexpected things like your zip code and what foods make up the majority of your diet. Next, Pros analyzes all your answers and determines what unique blend of ingredients should be in every product of your custom routine. Together, Pros got all of my hair goals covered. My Pros Custom Shampoo is a gentle, sulfate-free cleanser that truly smells divine. In my mind, I'm transported to an English garden. My formulation adds a light hydration and controls brassiness, making my highlights last longer. Combined with my Pros Conditioner, my waves land where I want them to. If you're not 100% positive Pros is the best hair care you've ever had, they'll take the products back, no questions asked. Pros is the healthy hair regimen with your name all over it. Take your free in-depth hair consultation and get 15% off your first order today. Go to pros.com slash AMR. That's P-R-O-S-E dot com slash AMR for your free in-depth hair consultation and 15% off. When you're feeling overwhelmed, pleasure is often the first thing that gets overlooked, even though it's exactly what might help most. Make your sexual wellness a priority and get dipsy. Dipsy Stories is an app full of sexy audio stories, and now they even have brand new written stories. Spoken or written, Dipsy helps bring the stories to life anytime, anywhere, no matter who you're into or what turns you on. Envision this end-of-day stress reliever, closing your eyes and letting yourself get lost in a world where only good things happen and pleasure is your only priority. Dipsy Stories lets you explore your fantasies in a safe, shame-free way. There are hundreds of stories to choose from, and they release new content each week, so there's always more to explore. Dipsy serves up serialized stories, so if you get grooving on one scenario or cast of characters, you can keep the good vibes going. And get this, if you just want to get to the steamy stuff, there's a jump ahead to the action button in stories. Give the techie who thought up that feature a bonus, people. For listeners of the show, Dipsy is offering an extended 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com AMR. That's 30 days of full access for free when you go to dipseastories.com slash AMR. Dipseastories.com slash AMR. It's great to talk with you again, Steph. It's great to be here. Thanks. So remind us how old your sons are now. Sure. You have to remind me. <laughs> my, <laughs> my youngest is uh, six and my oldest is seven. So they're 15 months apart. But um, yeah, they're getting big. Yeah, yeah. So not dating yet. Um, I, at least I <laughs> not, hope not. Not, not too much. Hearing, yeah. <laughs> I've been hearing some rumors from first to second grade. Things are getting crazy. Uh-huh, yeah. I remember that. Actually, my daughter, when she was in preschool, she had this little boy that she loved. And now that she's 21, she still talks about it. <laughs> oh, that's so cute. Yeah, and, like, oh, yeah. That's really sweet. Yeah, we actually, we got a note from my teachers before Valentine's Day. And I thought it was interesting, but fine. It was like, we just want to stress the importance of friendship, you know, for our classmates, Mm -hmm. Um, just so you know, you know, as first and second graders, there are no boyfriend and girlfriend (laughs) (laughs) because they don't have the capacity to know what that means. So we're really stressing friendships. Okay. Things must be happening in the corners. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. For sure. Wow. Good lesson to have. I know. I know. So you guys all had COVID last month, huh? 
We did. Well, beside my son, Hudson somehow came away unscathed. And if you knew his personality, you would be like, oh, that's the classic guy in the family to not get it. You know, he was just like, I don't know what your guy's deal is. Um, I was totally fine. Yeah. He was the only one that didn't at least no symptoms of anything. Um, but mm-hmm. myself, Ben, my husband and Riley definitely, definitely got it. How'd that affect your training? Oh, it was rough. Um, I bet. I almost canceled the grit finale, which is that's I'm being dramatic, but I was like, this is my last year running. And then that yeah. happened. I'm like, I'm done. That's, that's my year. Um, wow. Yeah. It just, it knocked me off course. And I was like having really good momentum and I was in really good shape. And then honestly, I didn't know how to, it's not like getting an injury where you're like, okay, here's a protocol. I think everyone's experience with COVID was differently. And I definitely did not want to put myself in a hole. Mm-hmm. So I took like five days off from running. Um, I, I joke that COVID should have been called couch because like, that's <laughs> all I wanted to do was be on my couch. Um, mm-hmm. And even the thought of going running, I was like, who runs? Like, those are crazy people. <laughs> Um, so that took, that's took how, all five days to change right? your mindset. Huh? <laughs> exactly. That's how bad it affected. Um, and then, yeah, the next couple of weeks were just um, kind of unexplained. Like I had just bouts of fatigue and a little heaviness in my chest. And then I just, I didn't feel a hundred percent until about, I would say five or six days ago. Wow. Did it, did you get the cough and the respiratory issue? Too? I got, yeah, I got a cough for sure for like a week and a half. And then, like I said, my chest just felt heavy, but I mm-hmm. couldn't really describe like what that meant. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that is probably what the limiting factor was for me, like really getting back into training. I was like, is that altitude? Is that COVID? Is that getting mm-hmm. out of shape? So I, I kind of walked the cautious line just to be careful. Yeah. Well, that's smart. Yeah. Um, so you feel like you're back on track at this point? I do. I had um, like a really great week of training and I'm really excited for uh, the future. And you're training for the Boston Marathon, huh? I am. Correct. Yep. You qualified. I did qualify. <laughs> well, <Yep>. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you. Do you ever worry about that? Like, oh, I wonder if I'll qualify. <laughs> I, I don't, but I have a lot of respect that like, that's what that race means. Um, uh-huh. I had to like uh, someone on the plane a few years ago, or oh, probably like 10 years ago, they were like, oh my gosh, like, how did you qualify? And I was like, you know what, let's just be straight up. Like I get paid to like be on the star line. I just had to like, I didn't want to beat around the bush because I didn't really understand what being a professional runner was. Uh-huh. And I was like, yeah, like I qualify, but then also like they really like to have me there. So it's kind of a, a cool privilege. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so your training's going okay. You're you're recovering and yep. yeah, big week. I just ran like 112 miles last week. Um, some wow. pretty big workouts. We just started uh-huh. bringing in some double uh, workout days where we do kind of like threshold work twice. So I do a morning session and an afternoon session. Um, so that was exciting. And then, yeah, like recovering pretty well. I mean, obviously tired and fatigued, but like a manageable tired and fatigue. I think that's the mm-hmm. line that you walk when you're marathon training. Have you heard anything about professional athletes and COVID, like how the recovery is going and what to watch for? And like, do they feel like it's more viral or is it more like tissue necrosis that you're recovering from? Do you have a feeling for that? That's a good question. You know, I started like drafting the blog and I was like, I think I should share my experience. But then, gosh, it's so difficult because... (laughs) 
like everything else, COVID feels so polarizing. You know, I could feel mm-hmm. like I would put my experience and people would like find fault in it. I'm like, I'm, oh, I'm literally okay. just telling you like what I went through in the hopes yeah. that maybe it would help someone else. But mm-hmm. I think a couple of professional athletes maybe aren't necessarily like talking about it because they either are like, oh my gosh, how am I getting out of this? So mm-hmm. the commonalities I'm finding is when you found out or when you tested positive, like, did you have hard sessions or hard races just before or after? So my inclination is if you had like a really hard session or perhaps a race and then tested positive or got symptoms, you kind of were in a hole to start with. Um, Interesting. Yeah. Versus someone who was like, okay, I'm just doing my normal, like easy running. And then they started coming down with symptoms. Mm -hmm. Those people tend to bounce back quicker. Mm. Um, but then again, it's also how hard you return. I think some people who tried to jump back into it, even if they were like, I feel fine. I think it kind of caught up with them later. That that's mm. kind of what I'm finding when I'm exchanging stories. Mm. See, that's the type of thing that you need to share with some scientists or something. Mm-hmm. I mean, I realize you have way, a lot of things on your plate, so someone else mm-hmm. needs to, but like that's, sure. That's really useful anecdotal information to figure out. Yeah, because you're performing at such a high level. Mm-hmm. And, right. and, you know, you have such a good idea of what your base is versus where you are where you're sick versus are where you return to your normal activity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, That's- I know. I would want to. You would almost think like, oh, wouldn't scientists seek us out? You mm-hmm. know, and be like, oh, let's check with these people who, yeah, are at the top of their game. And mm-hmm. we do have a very like inherent feeling. It's strange. I, I had a race, um, the Phoenix rock and roll half. And that mm-hmm. was the morning where I was like, oh, I don't feel like hundred percent, but I thought maybe I was in my head because I was nervous and I was in really good shape. So I'm like, seven, you're just doing the pre-race kind of like self-destruction before it even starts. Um, but then quickly within the first few miles, I was like, I'm trying much harder like than mm. I thought I would this early in the race. And the race just did not go well for me relative. Mm-hmm. And then that's when I, right after the races, I started to feel cold and then I kind of went downhill and then I tested positive, um, like two days later. So mm. I, it was amazing how I did definitely have like an off feeling, but nothing mm-hmm. was glaring to tell me, Oh, like you're sick. You shouldn't run this race. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, it, it is hard. COVID is definitely one of those um, difficult things to navigate, but I do feel like it's becoming more like normalized, meaning mm-hmm. people are like, yeah, I got COVID as opposed to like, don't tell anyone I have COVID. Mm-hmm. I know I saw that on Instagram. You said you were sort of embarrassed to say that you had COVID, you know, like yeah, somehow just, it was your fault or something. I think we're all yeah, going to get I it. Mean, I felt like a year ago or even less, like you had people being like, what are you doing in your life. And right. if you're wearing masks, if you're doing all the things, but people are showing this variant, it didn't mm-hmm. matter what you were doing. I know people are like, I don't see anyone, but mm-hmm. I also think, you know, like I happen to be vaccinated, vaccinated. And I was like, I didn't do anything differently and I just got it. But mm-hmm. it felt like there was shame a little bit on it like months mm-hmm. ago. And so I just mm-hmm. wasn't sure where the climate was at. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. Well, thanks for sharing. Yeah, definitely. Thank you for yeah. sharing, Steph. Um, so so t- talking about marathons, we mentioned the Boston Marathon. I want to um, ask you about something related to the New York City Marathon. So on December 7th on Instagram, you wrote about the hard workout you did that day, writing, after 29 days of recovery, two weeks of no running, and two weeks easy running. Um, so d- did you always take a month off, sort of have a month like that after a marathon, or is it 
due to, I don't know, you know, that you're not 25 anymore or, you know, what is that your usual MO after a marathon? Yeah. I mean, typically we take two weeks, you know, completely off coach Ben kind of gives us that, like you could run two or three miles, you know, within that two week period, but he would like that to be like full recovery physically and mentally. And then generally, if we don't have anything like on the schedule right away, we take the next two weeks to just build mileage back up again. So we don't Mm -hmm. do any hard workouts. We just do easy running. Um, yeah. So that's pretty normal. I I've done that since I was 25 actually. Um, (laughs) (laughs) but, um, I, this year or last year was a little different too, like, because after New York is when I started dealing with, um, kind of all my heart stuff. And so Mm -hmm. I would just say I was a little more like preoccupied mentally by all that stuff. So I wasn't necessarily like rushing back into training, um, cause we had a lot to figure out. Okay. So now that, now that you've mentioned it, I, you know, um, if you could tell us about, you know, we brought you on in part that you could hopefully shed some light on heart health for women. So if you could please tell us about your heart condition. Sure. So, um, gosh, back in September, um, I decided to go see like my general practitioner, my doctor up here, because I just was having a lot of like unexplained symptoms over the last couple of months. And the best way I could describe that was like, kind of like dizzy spells, but nothing that was like, Oh, people are like, are you hydrated? You know, I'm appreciate that people are like asking the most obvious questions. And I'm like, Uh Oh yeah. I didn't think about uh, rehydrating after running. Um, (laughs) So yeah, I was having just kind of like um, it felt like hormonal shifts, like right before Mm. I would get my period, I would, like all of a sudden kind of like my head would feel really like dizzy and wobbly. And then I would get nauseous and I'd have to lay down. And I was like, oh. man, first I was like, am I going through menopause? But I was like, <laughs> I don't think so. I'm not, I'm not even 40 yet. Um, but I was having enough that it was affecting me like during runs. And then also just in my home life, um, there was this one instance I was picking up my boys and I was standing, like waiting for them to come out of elementary school. And then all of a sudden it felt like someone like knocked me out of my body. And then I came back in. And as mm. soon as I did that, then I got a, a like a rush of nausea and mm. I actually had to like lay down in my car and mm. I couldn't drive them home for like 10 minutes. Mm. And I was like, this is not normal. So I saw my doctor she did blood work. Everything looked great. And she's like, you know what? Like everything looks fine. Um, then we were like, is it like stress or stuff from grief? Cause my mom died last May, or, um, last June. And so we weren't sure like what was going on, but she's like, I have to do a EKG. I think that would just make the most sense and let's just rule things out. So she does an EKG and she said, I feel like I see a little something on that, but you also have like athlete's heart. And so sometimes you have what's called, um, like hypertrophy of the left ventricle. That's where the heart is. That one ventricle is getting bigger and expanding because of all the like blood that we're pumping through. So she's like, that's pretty typical for an athlete like you, but I think I should just double check it. So that's when she said, let's do an echocardiogram. And I had never had one of those done before. So I said, yeah, I'm I'm good with that. So she writes me a script and I go to the Flagstaff Medical Center. And this is on a Monday and I have the EKG done, excuse me, the echo done. 
And while I was doing it, the um, tech was kind of like, hey, does your dad get echoes? And I said, well, my dad died when I was 18, so I don't really know. Um, And of course, my like heart sank. And I was like, why did he ask that? So they end up writing a report um, and then they send me to a cardiologist here in town. And that two days later, that Wednesday, I go in and he's like, so you have um, bicuspic aortic valve disease, and that's a congenital heart condition. So I was born with it, but I've never had echo. So I had no idea. And essentially what that means is the majority of people born have three cusps um, or three flaps on their heart and people with bicuspid have two. Hmm. And the complications happen when you have two is they either don't line up properly. So the, the flaps, the cusp will open and close as your heart is pumping blood. If you have two and they don't open and close properly, you can either get something called stenosis of the valve, and that's where the valve is tightening over time, or you can get something called leaky valve. It's because Mm. every time um, the two close, they don't quite close, so then blood flows back into the chamber, Mm. Um, and that leaky over time is called regurgitation. Mm -hmm. And so they said, you have uh, the leaky valve going on. Um, And what that means is there's mild, moderate, and severe. Mm -hmm. You're at a moderate, but we have no idea. Have you been a moderate most of your life or is this moderate recent? Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, then he said, one day you will have to have heart surgery to repair this valve. You know, we don't know if that's a year from now. We don't know if that's five years from now, 10 years from now. but that's where you're at. And mm. I walked out of that appointment. I was like, okay, um, mm. I don't have a mom or dad to call because both mm-hmm. my parents were deceased. And I was like, wow, I guess I'm like really grown up right now. Um, mm. Cause I just, I felt like really alone. I didn't know who to talk to. I couldn't ask them, Hey, does anyone in our family have this? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So that's, mm. that was my experience. Mm-hmm. I take Ben was there with you when you got the news or no, he was there. Yes. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. he all, I guess on a different, we have very different um, reactions to things. Let's just put it, to put it lightly. Um, he is a lot more like internal, doesn't really like say what he's thinking. It takes him a while. So we actually got in a little fight about it. Cause I was like, this is a big deal. And he just, um, yeah, I think he was just like really digesting it. Um, mm-hmm. And I was, I was probably looking for my parents. And Uh so since Uh I didn't have them, you know, I almost took it out on him. Like, why wasn't he there? Because your parents are those people that like, there's no judgment. They're there for everything and you could just talk to them. And I was missing that. So I had Uh a tough time dealing with it at first. Uh Well, it's a lot to take in and your entire life changed. Correct. At at that moment. Yeah. Correct. But you're still training. I am. Yeah. Um, you know, I would say from, from that moment, that diagnosis, the next couple of weeks were like, so this is October 6th. I have New York city marathon coming up in a month. Mm-hmm. My coach was like, do I, can I give her training? I mean, we all, we all kind of like freaked out, let, let's just say, cause we didn't really know what that meant. And, you mm-hmm. know, you do the worst. You're like, is this something where could I have like a a sudden cardiac event, you know? Mm -hmm. So those were all the questions we were trying to answer. And then I was in my head, like my next workout I did, I was like, am I feeling my heart more or do I Mm -hmm. just have the knowledge now? So then it was difficult, like really almost listening to my body. Mm -hmm. I remember like going to sleep a few nights later and feeling like my heart was beating faster. 
Um, so that was probably the most challenging part. Um, but then luckily over the next few weeks, we decided, uh, we got a stress test done at that cardiologist mm-hmm. I saw here and they were like, everything looks beautiful. Like I have no worries of you competing where you're at. Nothing was abnormal about that. And mm-hmm. have been running at this level for 15 plus years. So it didn't seem like all of a sudden I was going to be at risk. Right. Um, but, th- but then my agent, Josh Cox, uh, we started connecting with a couple people across the country and we ended up finding MedStar Health. Um, and that's where I found Dr. Ankit Shah and he was a sports cardiologist. And after they kind of gave me like, hey, you're okay to get to New York Marathon, like no worries there. We said, all right, how about in December, I take a trip out to DC and Baltimore and then we run a gamut of tests on you and we can kind of help assess like what the future of your running and kind of life looks like. Mm-hmm. Mm. Mm. Wow. Do you wear a cardiac monitor or anything as you train? No. So now I don't, what they did is they put a patch on me when I was out there and Mm -hmm. then they did a um, 75 minute heart MRI where I had to like do active breathing, like hold my breath release. And I did that for 75 minutes um, during this MRI. And Mm -hmm. that was probably one of the, the hardest just like moments for me. Cause I'm, I'm in this hospital, all this happened in like a month, you know, I'm, I'm in the tube where mm. they in, the music's really loud. They put headphones on, they did everything to make me feel comfortable. And then when they kind of like wheeled me in, um, he told me the instructions and he's like, all right, you'll be there for 75 minutes. I just had like faint tears coming down. Cause I was mm-hmm. like, what is happening? You know, like mm-hmm. where did my life just like turn all mm-hmm. of a sudden? Um, mm-hmm. you know, I thought like life was hard cause I lost my mom a few months ago. And I was like, how am I in an MRI right now? Mm-hmm. But, um, I, I probably got the best possible news after seeing all them. Um, they mm-hmm. loved everything about my cardiac stress test, my VO2 max test. Like nothing was scary. They said I was performing really great. My heart was doing well, like at the max, max effort. So that's like mm-hmm. me running literally all out. Um, and so they said, we have no worry about your professional running career. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if you're thinking of retiring, know that you don't need to do it because of your heart and you shouldn't be worried about anything. And we will just monitor yearly and I'll go back to them and we'll do echoes every year and we'll monitor that valve. And when it's time for surgery, then, then we'll do it. Wow. Well, well. Yeah. Yet then they, they said that they have no worries about your professional running career yet. You made the decision that 2022 was going to be your last year of professional racing. How'd you come to that decision? Yeah. You know, right when I initially found out, of course, I'm a, I'm a huge planner. So (laughs) I did like worst case scenario. I don't know if you guys have ever watched the show. This is us, but, um, Randall and Beth, there's a couple on there and they do this game where they have children. They go, okay, worst case scenario. And so they just bounce back and forth, like the worst (laughs) things that could happen (laughs) to their kids. It's very funny actually. And so that's essentially what I did. I was like, okay, worst case scenario. They tell me you have to stop running tomorrow. Um, and and I said, what, what do I want to get out of like my professional running career? Could I like close the chapter and say, I'm really proud of everything I did at this point. And, um, I knew I wasn't going to probably make it to 2024. I was like, I'm going to be 41, you know, like everyone's getting really fast. <laughs> um, I, I didn't necessarily think that I would make it to that Olympic cycle. So I said, all right, well, that's the first dream you give up. Like you never made an Olympic team. So it's highly unlikely you will make one. Um, 
And so once I started like answering those questions and I was like, what did you need to do in your career to like be at peace saying that you had a successful one? And I started looking at the things I've done like off the track and off the roads. And I guess like being a mom and saying that you're not, you know, held back because you're a mom, you're actually stronger for all the things. Um, I started to like come to the realization that I I would be okay that if they told me I had to stop tomorrow. So then when I got the best news and they said you could keep running, I I almost already like zoomed out on my life and was like, well, I want to have more kids. I am getting a little older. You know, there's so much more that I want to do and that I'm excited about. I said, well, why don't I give it one last year of like everything I've got? Let's see how good I can be this year, see what impact I can really leave on the sport, um, but also plan it out in a way that you don't see many professional athletes in any sports do it. You, you see football players, baseball players being like, oh, that was their last game, you know, but what <laughs> if in running we did it and then the fans could say, Hey, if this is so-and-so's last race, like I'm going to come to that race or Mm -hmm. I'm going to try to run that race so I can be there and meet them. So I just wanted to do it to like give back to the sport. And then I don't know, maybe it inspires other professional athletes to like do that with their own career and and we can grow the sport, you know, in a, in a bigger way than it is right now. I think Mm. it's a great idea. Yeah. Yeah. You wrote on, you, you, what you were saying just now reminds me of what you wrote on Instagram. You said that, um, you know, yes, your heart condition's a sad story, but it's a celebration of going out with a bang and bringing my community along. And, you know, I just, when I read that, I just thought, oh my gosh, that's so, that's so Stephanie Bruce. Uh, um, so, so cute. Tell us a bit about your, um, your grit finale 2022. Sure. Um, yeah. So essentially it's kind of what I've been doing my whole career, but just in a little more laser focused way. So, um, I have a YouTube channel, Steph Bruce, and we've been making, uh, like monthly videos where we'll be releasing them towards the end of each month. And those races or those videos will either be like race recaps, what's going on day in the life, see the balance of like training full time, having my kids at home, you know, like doing the mom hustle and bustle, um, and just other things that, kind of pop up along the way. And then at a lot of my races, we're trying to either do like pre-race meetups um, or post-race celebrations. And so I have a website, um, stephbruce.com. And on there, we kind of have like a grit finale page. So you can find out, okay, where's Stephanie racing at? Is there a, a pre-race meetup that like piggy bar sponsors or, you know, some races I'm hoping to give Hoka shoes away, like different things like that. Um, and then I'm trying to blog and kind of share the experiences of all these races as they're, you know, everyone is kind of my last race in that certain city or in that event. Um, and then we have a women's retreat that we're doing in May. That's the grit and growth gathering. Um, and that's kind of another area where it's like, Hey, this is my last chance to like really have a community of women and, um, yeah, bring everyone in to have some fun women empowerment, kind of all the things that like I've learned as a mom, professional athlete, entrepreneur, and just how to try to impart that on other women and realize, Hey, like, do you want to embrace your dreams. You want to live the life that you want, like what's Mm -hmm. stopping you or what's getting in your way. Mm -hmm. So those kind of things. And then who knows, we might have an end of the year or early 2023, like really big party. Um, (laughs) That's kind of like a a vision of mine. Haven't planned Mm -hmm. that out yet, but um, yeah, more just bringing the sport and the community of people that follow me along and Mm -hmm. trying to have fun with this last year. 
Mm. You know, rather than a finale, this almost sounds like a focusing, <laughs> you know, I really. For sure. Yeah. So you're, you're actually taking everything you had and you're just really focusing this last year on the things that are truly important. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Before the condition was diagnosed, how did you envision leaving the sport when you got to be 55 or whatever was going to happen? <laughs> I mean, I thought I'd make an Olympic team for sure. Um, mm -hmm. But it, it's one of those like, when then we start to break down like what it means to be an Olympian Olympic team. It's like in 2020, I was 19 seconds away. I mean, mm -hmm. on another day, mm -hmm. I am a minute away and on a different day, I'm third, you know? So it just, it just shows like the sport sometimes is defined and decided by seize moments, loss moments. Um, and I realize I can't get too wrapped up in like, obviously we have goals and, you know, you're outcome oriented. That's what like keeps you on track and keeps you motivated to put in the training. But mm -hmm. if I ran for a different country, perhaps, mm -hmm. you know, if I ran for Ireland or Spain, like I would have run the Olympic standard in the 10 K and the marathon. And so if I was one of three people, maybe I get selected. Um, we just yeah. happen to live in one of the hardest teams, you know, in the world to make outside Ethiopia and Kenya. So <laughs> I started to just change my like definition of what an Olympian meant. And I didn't want my career to be defined by that. And so I, I think that's where like that whole tagline of grit, I just want to see how good I can be mm -hmm. not necessarily compared to everyone else, but compared to me and know, like I did all the things, all the recovery. I believed in myself. I worked really hard. I did clean sport. Like I did it the right way. I brought people along with me, like elevated other women and my NAZ teammates. Um, yeah. And then I don't know, I made it fun and entertaining and, I brought fans along and wanted them to like come and watch me race and be like, Hey, we, we know how she's been training. Now we're invested in the outcome. Mm -hmm. So I, I kind of realized not one accolade could really define me, but it's kind of like who I was, you know, and how I conducted myself along the way. And as you said before, you said, if you had to leave tomorrow, you have no regrets. Correct. Yeah. You've lived your life the way you want to live it. Yep. And I have to say, Steph, I'm a little embarrassed to say this, but as I was putting together my notes for this, I was just like, you know, going on your site, going on Wikipedia, going on all these things. I'm like, wait, I'm sure she's been in the Olympics. Like, right? why is there, you know, and I'm like, oh, it I must just be missing that part of it. So, um, <laughs> so, so um, in my mind, you have been to the Olympics. So, Thank you. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> um, so, you know, you definitely strike me as a person who is either living in the present or looking forward, not looking back or having regrets. But if you were to look back, um, you know, with the Olympics aside, are, are there any races or experiences you wish you had run or had as a pro runner? Aside from running with us. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's <laughs> yeah. a good question. It's not too late guys. We have a whole year. Yeah. You want to come out to grit and growth in May in Phoenix. Um, <laughs> yeah, let's see. I mean, th there definitely are some, there's some marathons I never got to run. Like I was, I was interested in doing all the majors. So I would have mm. loved to run Tokyo or Berlin because I've mm -hmm. run London, Chicago, New York, Boston. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, I would have liked to maybe run those more, like a couple more Bostons, a couple more Chicago's. Um, 
and yeah, there's a few like bucket list races that I was like, I'll get back. But the problem is then when you've been to one that like they treat you so well, you just keep going back <laughs> to those sometimes. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So it, it's hard. There's so many opportunities like every year and there's only so much of you. Um, and there's <laughs> only one, yeah, one runner. But I, I don't necessarily think it's regret. I think it's just like, yeah, I w wish I had like more time or more chances. Sure. Um, but I don't know. I love what I've done so far. And I love the trajectory of like where I started and where I'm at now. And hopefully, you know, other athletes who are aspiring to be professional athletes or are already that good and trying to see like, okay, how do they keep doing this for 10 plus years? You know, maybe they can look at what someone like me has done and mm -hmm. or my teammate Kellen. Yeah. And, and find a little inspiration. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So when you, so if you're finishing up your pro career and you know, you say, Oh, I maybe we should run a couple more Boston's. I mean, do you envision running as a, you know, quote unquote regular runner, you know, the, yeah, you know I was wondering that join too. us in the, in the middle <laughs> or the back of the pack, or, you know, you can still be up toward the front, but just not, you know, having them shuttle you there in a, in a bus with a bathroom on it and all that. Thing. Sure. That's <laughs> accurate actually of what it's like for us. Um, <laughs> no, I, um, I don't know. Like I do love running. Obviously it's a huge part of my life and, um, you know, the, the endorphins, but the part of running that I love is really like hurting and like seeing mm. how good I can be and, and like how I can beat people, like the digging. Mm. Um, and so it's hard to know, like I put a lot of effort into my training when I'm doing this, like as a living or as my job, I don't know, honestly. Um, I know I want to get pregnant and have another baby. I, I will probably be lazy. Like I'm not necessarily <laughs> someone that is like, oh, I need to be fit all the time. Um, I'm kind of going to enjoy like putting on weight and yeah, like just being a woman who's pregnant and enjoying like my body changes and stuff like that. So I don't know, but I could also see me being away from it and being like, wait a minute, I haven't like filled that competitive side of me. Um, so maybe mm -hmm. you do see me on a couple of start lines um, in the future. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then how much will you be doing with picky bars since it was purchased last year? Yeah. So um, for us now, we're essentially just, you know, partners with Laird Superfood and we kind of have a two year plan where we stay on with them and we're being, you know, essentially like, um, doing marketing for them as owners. Like we're the best people to kind of spread the word and help guide people. Okay. Can I get picky products at Laird? What Laird products would I like? So we're still helping people like decide, Oh, if you like this, you can get this at Laird. Um, so for the next two years, we'll still be doing that. And then we'll kind of see where things are at after that. But it's been nice to be like, wow, we really built this over the last decade and kind of a dream come true with Lauren and Jesse, you know, mm -hmm. got to merge with them and mm -hmm. essentially was like, great job founding this and yeah, got a, got a payoff from that. And, and mm -hmm. that was, that was really cool. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Kudos to, to you all for growing picky bars as you did and then the success you had with it. So Thank you. Um, so us mother runners know the value of best running friends. Um, Molly is my best running friend. Um, so talk to us about what your teammates on the Hoka Northern Arizona elite team mean to you and how they've helped you over the years to strive to be your best. Yeah. I mean, that's probably the number one thing that I will miss because there's just, you can't explain like the shared camaraderie, the shared ups and downs that you have, you mm -hmm. know, with people pushing themselves physically and mentally and we're all invested in each other's goals and 
you know, like particularly Kellen Taylor, we've been teammates for 10 plus years um, since before this group. And yeah, she is one of my best runner friends. Um, and we've been through so much together, like in running and out of running. I think that's what's like really special about it. Um, like one memory that came to mind this year, or excuse me, that was last year, um, when my mom was kind of in her last couple of weeks, I was spending most of my time in Phoenix because um, we had had hospice for my mom and I didn't want to, I wasn't missing my training. And so like twice a week, I would drive up to Flagstaff to meet them for a workout. And that's a two and a half hour drive. So I'd get up really early, drive up and then, you know, meet the ladies and we did this one session where I got up, I met them and we had like three times a mile. It was like going to be pretty fast, like five ten, five oh five, five minutes. Mm. And I did everything I could to try to get through that workout. And, you know, Kellen and Lauren definitely pulled me through and Alphine was there that day and I got through the whole workout. And then the four of us like started our cool down. And within like a minute of the cool down, I all of a sudden just like, I, I couldn't even describe it. It's like, I lost my breath and I just started like choking, hyperventilating. And that mm -hmm. was me just like tears. I finally came down. Like I got through the workout and then it was like, okay, now I can cry and like, oh. let them know that like, oh wow, my mom is dying. And they just stopped in the cool down and the four of us hugged in the middle of this road. Um, oh. And we didn't even have to say anything, but they just like felt what I was feeling. And mm -hmm there's, there's just nothing like that. I, I will never find that in a workplace. Mm -hmm. Um, I will never find that anywhere else. And so running is so special in that way. Um, yeah, so I will, I will miss that the most. And it's really cool too. Like on the competitive side of it, like someone's like, Oh man, I just got my butt kicked, um, in a workout. Like, how does that feel? I'm like, well, my teammate just won the Olympic trials. So, um, <laughs> if she's the one that kicked my butt, like I'm doing pretty well. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah that's what's kind of cool. Like I'm training with two of the best marathoners in the country. So on any given day, I'll have my butt handed to me. Um, <laughs> that's a good thing. Cause I want to be just as good as them. So mm -hmm. it's, uh, yeah, it's a, a common shared bond that we all have. Yeah. You hold each other in your heart. Exactly. Every step of the way. Well, if they make the Olympic team, you've made the Olympic team, right? Totally. I mean, that's, yeah. that's how Alphine, you know, when she won the trials in 2020, like that's what Kellen felt like. It was like, we were a huge part of that because we mm -hmm. all trained together and yeah, we were close, but um, she got it done. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're going to miss them, but they'll always be with you. Yeah. Yeah. And how about your husband and your sons? What does their support mean to you? Yeah. I mean, Ben, Ben is, um, like, I don't even know if there's a definition for like husband who's in front of you, behind you, next to you. Like he's Aww. everywhere. He, he's just like, yeah. When people say like, he's in front of me because he's pacing me literally in workouts. And then he's beside me when we're doing everything like co-parenting or, you know, like running our coaching business, doing our Bruce camps. Um, and then he's behind me when I'm launching my women's grit and growth retreats. And when I'm launching anything that I'm launching, which is usually something every couple of months, um, mm -hmm. he is just 110% in, and I've never seen a male, you know, just take that role and run with it. And he is an amazing dad. He's just like taking one for the team all the time. Like yesterday we had a really hard workout. I had 22 miles and I got home and within like 30 minutes, the boys are like, let's go ice skating. <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh, that sounds terrible. <laughs> but um, like, I wanted to do that, but he was like, he just is like, 
wanted to just have lunch, lay down, take a nap. And that's what I did. And he took them ice skating, even though he ran in that morning too. So yeah, it's really special. And then even my boys, like they're starting to understand it. Um, like my one son before he wasn't like, Oh mom, why aren't you coming? He like put a blanket over me and was kind of like, yeah, mom needs to get a rest because it's neat that they've seen me like financially, like kind of be the person that has like brought in, you know, a mm-hmm. big part of our money over the last couple of years. And they know that's for what I get at New York city marathon, what place I get mm-hmm. in the 10 K what I do. So mm-hmm. they're starting to put together like, Oh, mom's work. And what she's doing every day is like, that's what's like, you know, supporting this family financially in a lot of ways. Um, yeah. And I think it's really cool for them to see like a woman leading that and, and mm-hmm. feeling like, Hey, she's not ignoring us or she's not like putting herself first all the time, but it's okay if she does because she's chasing her dreams. Mm-hmm. You guys are a good team. We are team Bruce. That's what we call it. Thanks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So you talking about how your sons, you know, have been become more aware over the last couple of years of, of what you're doing for your career with your running do you ever think when, um, when you think about having a third baby that then that baby will have such a different mom, you know, that, that they're not going, that baby won't know you as a pro runner. Like, it's just, it's intriguing to me. And I I do have to say that when I was, again, when I was putting the notes together, I'm like, Oh, she's just 38. I hope she has another baby. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's funny you asked that because I honestly hadn't even thought of that. And then now that you said that, I'm like, Oh my gosh, you're right. Like I, I didn't think of that. Um, yeah, I'm excited in a lot of ways because I do feel like I'm a good mom and I feel mm-hmm. like I have a lot to share, but it is true. Like the training, the fatigue, like definitely holds me back from like, we play street hockey and I'm like, Ooh, I'm kind of on the sidelines, but I don't want my shins to be hit or mm-hmm. in soccer. And I don't want to be taken out by the boys. So I'm definitely cautious, but then mm-hmm. sometimes when the boys see me, like like let it rip. They're like, Oh wait, mom's like good at sports. And I'm like, (laughs) so I feel like I'm going to be that mom that like takes it to my voice, (laughs) Um, but I'm definitely excited for yeah another baby because I don't feel like I'll have to get back into training. I'll be like, yeah, "Yeah, Ben, you can do whatever you want now. Like I'm all in with the kids and Mm -hmm. yeah, I just kind of want to be that mom that is like really involved in like their activities and Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Nice, nice. Well, I also think it's nifty that you're, because you had your sons, you know, I would think younger than a lot of other pro runners do that, um, you know, I know that it was kind of a surprise almost that, and so that they got to see, they got to see you be that pro athlete. Um, Mm -hmm. So I do think, you know, I know, um, maybe a a time it sort of seemed like it was a diversion almost from your pro career. But I think then it also is like, wow, that's so cool that your, your sons are really going to remember what it was like to have mom be a pro athlete. No, I definitely agree. I think, um, like Riley was planned. We were like, okay, two and a half years before like the next Olympic cycle. Great. But then yeah, Hudson's, um, little surprise entrance. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was like, man, like this really like threw me off. And now I look at them and I'm like, wow, how all of a sudden do I have like a six and seven year old? Like, mm-hmm. I feel like I got really lucky. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And then they got to witness, like you said, my professional running career. And then they found a best friend in each other, which is mm-hmm. really special. Um, so I, hindsight is like funny to look back. It seemed really hard at the time, but yeah, I can't imagine any other way. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. 
Well, we are all going to be following along with your grit finale and and um, looking for that exciting news um, of uh, an, another member of Team Bruce. So, uh, <laughs> so so good luck with it all and take good care. Thank you yeah. so much. Appreciate it. Thanks, Steph. Bye bye. Bye bye. Oh, that was an awesome conversation. Boy, sure was. She's yeah. awesome. Yeah, she really is. Yeah, I appreciate the candor and all of that. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, all right, folks. Well, it is time to sign up for Love the Run You're With. This is, if you're listening to the show, right, when it first comes out, uh, this is the last weekend you can sign up for it. It's three virtual events this spring, plus a 10-week training program to get you to all those events. Um, There's runs, strength training. I think there's some yoga in there, really fun activity tracker, and the swag. Oh my gosh, Molly. I don't know if you've seen the swag. It's Mm. valued at about 65 bucks. There's this really cute tote bag, Mm. uh, two pairs of socks, including a pair of $15 right sock running socks. There's, of course, Noon and our friends Goo Choos are in there. There's a medal and more. It is some good stuff. You always have the best swag. Oh, thanks. Thanks. You might know someone who could (laughs) hook you up with some. It's Uh, always so cute. (laughs) So our training kicks off on February 28th and culminates appropriately enough on Mother's Day. So hustle on over to anothermotherrunner.com. Click on the training tab on the top and you'll see Love the Run You're With is the first thing in the drop-down menu. Like I said, um, training starts on February 28th. So hop on that Love the Run You're With train with us. Our podcast today was produced in Portland, Oregon by Alex Ward from Sounds Like Pictures. Many happy miles. Happy miles.